Broadcasting live from the Business Radio X studios in Atlanta, Georgia, it's time for Association Leadership Radio. Now, here's your host. Lee Cantor here, another episode of Association Leadership Radio, and this is going to be a good one. Today on the show, we have... Felton Lewis III, and he is with the Ride Share Drivers Association. Welcome, Felton. Thank you, Ken. Appreciate it. Well, I'm excited to learn what you're up to. Tell us a little bit about Ride Share Drivers Association. Uh, well, we started it. We had a vice president of diversity working with us, and then she went to Lyft. And as a service disabled veteran owned business, uh, she said she thought she could get us a meeting with the founders of the company. And so we started the Ride Share Drivers Association to benefit the 1.5 million Lyft drivers, although there are more Uber drivers than Lyft drivers. But we had someone, Brenda Smith, on the inside at Lyft, so we proceeded to offer it to Lyft. And we met with them a couple of months ago, and the founder and a couple of the members on their board. And we let them know. In fact, we have a Lyft driver, Freddie Stewart. And on my LinkedIn post, uh, his comment, they said it would be good if he could give his experience with Lyft and what happened with Mr. Stewart. Uh, he's been with Lyft for over six years, over 10,000 rides that he's picked up. But last December, his wife died. And his wife had all the family benefits. He has a 12-year-old daughter, so the health insurance dental and all of that came through her employer. And as a Lyft contracted employee, he has no benefits. So when she died, he lost all the benefits. So it left him and his daughter trying to fend for themselves. So we let him know that if he could give us a video of his experience that we could share with the founders of Lyft, that it might assist. And Brenda thought it was a great idea because now you have a Lyft driver for six years, 10,000 rides, given his experience. And since none of these companies, they don't want to be their drivers titled employees, they're subcontractors, they're independent contractors, they're 1099 employees, not even employees, they're just 1099 person. So if they get hurt on the job, if they don't have any there's no workman comp that covers their injuries or anything because they're not an employee so we presented to the founders in the group that we have a program that will provide their members health insurance dental vision programs and disability and they can do it based on number of years. Uh, they spent like $1.5 billion to retain and recruit drivers last year. And we said, would it be a lot left to just reward drivers for their faithful service by allowing them to have shares that the company would pay for, but the driver is getting it as a tool for faithful service to lift. But, they they, said, okay, but then well, they become a member of your association and you're handling kind of the benefits and the insurance? Yes, sir. Yeah, they become a member of our association. So we have little packages that we can put together for them. So did they go for that? Did Lyft go for that? Well, what happened, their stock went down and they dropped everything. They stopped talking to us. So I told my son, I think we ought to approach Uber because Uber has more drivers than 
left. And Uber has uh, a health insurance program that's horrible. Uh, it's $10,000 deductible, $15,000, deductible. And a driver can't, I mean, the deductible will put him in bankruptcy. It, it doesn't make any sense. So my son said, well, let's just wait to see what happens with Lyft. And, and like I told him, well, I'm a service disabled veteran and I'm not used to having people put us on hold for months at at their pace. I mean, especially since there are opportunities for others. So we haven't cracked the nut yet. We haven't been able to have Lyft or Uber say, okay, well, we'll pro- provide some kind of incentive. You stay with us for X amount of years. You get this. Uh, complete so many drives. You get that. Uh, we just haven't come to a meeting of the mind. They realize it's a problem. Uh, in fact, uh, many of the women and drivers are being assaulted. In fact, uh, Lyft is being sued because women drivers have been sexually assaulted. Now, what about going directly to the drivers and just not going through these big organizations? Because there's a lot of, I mean, there's Uber and there's Lyft, but there's DoorDash. There's lots of other driving and uh, rideshare um apps out there i know those are the largest and most active but there's a lot of people doing this kind of work so wouldn't anybody doing this kind of uh double-sided market work yeah they they would benefit but uh it's not like they make a lot of money you know to be able to afford uh say the health insurance package uh even the the us.gov you know they get low premiums but the same thing with them they get a high deductible and the deductible is what kills you, ten, fifteen, twenty thousand dollars. You just can't afford it. If you get a hospital bill and it's ten thousand dollars and you got a ten thousand dollar deductible, that's that's your bill. Now so you have an association right now, or you're trying to start an association. Do you have any members thus far? No, we haven't promoted it. We just uh went and get the EIN, the articles of incorporations and whatever. because uh, we're trying to get one of the companies to say, okay, well, just have your members come to our association and we'll provide the benefits. Right, but then that would require them paying you. Well, they're paying the drivers. And if it's a benefit to retain, I mean, rather than spend $1.5 billion to try to retain drivers each year, I mean, it would be a lot less, the program that we're offering. Now, if you went directly to each driver, how much would it cost the driver? Depending on the the basic package, uh, $49 a month would get them free prescriptions, telehealth, um, one dental, um, which is a dental program. Right. So $49 a month, they can afford that. Yeah, but it doesn't give them health insurance. So how much to get health insurance in that mix? Now we're talking about three, four hundred, five, six, seven hundred dollars, depending on the size of the family. So that's where it becomes uh, uh, where it gets uh, more expensive. So it's less affordable for these folks. Yes. Yeah. And we're trying to see if the company realized they're benefiting from the drivers. Uh, providing a service to them and they're making millions billions of dollars doing what they do why not instead of spend 1.5 billion 
to try to recruit and retain drivers. Why not give your faithful drivers like Freddie Stewart, who's been with you six years and 10,000 rides, uh, give them some type of incentive to stay with you, make it worthwhile for them to keep. Right. But I mean, but you're asking them to make this business decision and obviously they've chosen not to. But you have, if your mission is to serve um, rideshare drivers, then you really don't care who pays for the the premium, right? So you can get a sponsor to kind of co-brand your association that's not just Lyft. It could be anybody. It could be, uh, you know, some restaurant chain. It could be, it could be uh, anybody. It could be your insurance company. I mean, there's lots of folks that can afford. Uh, they want they would want these drivers as clients for them i mean why, why not expand beyond the two big uh rideshare companies i mean they obviously don't have an interest in doing this why don't you just find somebody else who would benefit from having relationships with millions of rideshare drivers yes and and like you said there there's uh instacart there are a whole lot of different rideshare um Walmart had people delivering groceries, Myers, Kroger's. Um, and so all of my independent contractors like Uber drivers and Lyft drivers. Right. So there must be a reason why that all those big companies are going that way. And the reason is probably they have a lot of drivers and they don't have to pay anything and then they're going to get them. But they know they churn through them. Uh, because they can't, it's not sustainable for long periods of time. But there must be other companies that would benefit from having relationships with millions of drivers. I would think so. Even Domino Pizza, you know, all of them now, everybody is delivering. So Right. So, so um, yeah. now, for you starting an association, I mean, this is a noble cause for you to help all these millions of people that are really struggling out there. I mean, they're making... They want the flexible hours. They want to be able to turn on and off the app and work whenever they feel like it. And they make, I guess, they think is a fair. Uh, it's a fair trade for them to make the money for doing the work they're doing. But like you said, they don't have any benefits. They don't have insurance. They don't have disability. They don't have all these things that a traditional employee would have. Um, what kind of was the catalyst for you to get involved in helping all these people? Uh, Freddie Stewart, he grew up with my son here in Battle Creek. He's in Denver, Colorado now. So you knew him. It was personal for you. It was personal, yeah. And his wife had died, and uh, he had a 12-year-old daughter, and he had no benefits. So now starting an association, though, that's a big undertaking. Had you ever been involved in associations before? Oh, yes. So you've been involved in association, so you knew how it worked, and you knew how to get one set up, and you knew how to um, kind of fund it. Yeah, I'm not a spring chicken. I'm 80 years old, so I, I've been around the block a while. And I've been involved in accounting and business law and self-employed for over 50 years. So, I, so you know as being self-employed that that lifestyle doesn't come with benefits usually. Right, right. But if you make enough money, you can buy the benefits. Right. So that you think the challenge for drivers are they don't make enough money to buy the benefits. Right. Without some support from the company that's benefiting from their labor. You know, I mean, these guys are 
I mean, and, and if you, I mean, Lyft and Uber now have a program where you can lease one of their cars, but it's astronomical. Uh, I mean, that's ridiculous. And then if you buy, a, if you use your own car and the engine blows out, how do you replace the engine or the transmission? How do you keep your car service? And we offer that as a benefit through a company called My Speedy X that offers oil changes, express lube, and things like that for the drivers to. Right. So you're trying to kind of put together a package that has all of the things that a driver could benefit from having. Yes, sir. Absolutely. And it's just a matter of getting more drivers to either sign up for it and pay the price and pay the money for that or partner with another organization that has the funds that will sponsor, in essence, each of these drivers. Correct. Correct. Well, that's a tough, it's tough. That's a tough one. I mean, you know, you're, you're asking for these companies to invest a lot of money and change their business plan. So, I mean, it's going to be, uh, you're going to have to do it anyway, because so many drivers are being assaulted, especially females sexually assaulted. Uh, I mean, if you go on Uber and you see, you just put in a search of rideshare drivers or Uber drivers, Lyft drivers that has been assaulted, even killed. In fact, like I said, there's a big billion dollar suit against Lyft now because it's not one or two. It's several hundreds of female employees being sexually assaulted. So they don't have any kind of protection, any kind of benefits. Right, but there's also lots of people signing up for this app because they want the flexibility and they want they, that fits in their lifestyle. So, I mean, the companies will change when there's a, a, a reason to change. So the, thus far, the pain of all of that isn't greater than the pain of just getting new a new uh, driver. Right, correct. But now they have this suit against them, you know. <laughs> Right, but I'm sure that's not the first suit. I bet they've been sued since day one. Probably, probably. And they feel as though they have the lawyers and the legalese to, uh, you know, settle without losing any benefits or the company going out of business. Right. I mean, those kind of large businesses, it becomes a math problem, really, you know, which one is the thing that is going to cost them more? What's cost more? Yeah. It's and, all about the dollar. And then right now, it's cheaper for them all to be 1099s. Um, that pain isn't greater yet. At some point, maybe with government regulations or different s- states changing the rules about uh, 1099 independent contractors versus employees, then the well, pain. Well, there's a movement now to unionize in New York and California. So. Right, but we'll see. I mean, that's a, I mean, it's, those examples have been few and far between. Correct. So you Absolutely. got your work cut out for you, Felton. Yeah, but we are right. We're, we're, we're taking our time with it. We're not in any rush to, you know, uh, create any strife between us and the companies or us and the drivers. It's not, it's like, here's a benefit from someone who grew up with my son 
who works at Lyft. Right. Now, what about just kind of getting a bunch of drivers on a wait list to show to all these larger firms, like, look, I got a million drivers that want this. You know, you'll have a lot uh, more compelling case if you have a whole lot of drivers signed up, you know, for this program. That's a great idea. Never thought of it. Yeah, we can present it to them that you have X amount of drivers who are in need of this program and they sign uh, a little document we have that's showing that they would love to have it. Right. If they had it, they'd they'd take it, you know, kind of thing. Right, right. So a that, great idea. Well, that and, might uh, help you get the momentum you need. So you got to just get in front of the drivers and just offer it and say, hey, if this existed, would you sign up for this? Yeah. Well, and that's the key is how do we get to the drivers? I mean, even though I'm on LinkedIn and I have 30,000 connections, I have very, very, very few Lyft and Uber drivers connecting. I don't know if they use LinkedIn. I don't know what. How do we get to them? Right. That's the that's the secret. I mean, uh, I mean, yeah. how do we get to them to let them know? Right, because a Lyft driver or an Uber driver is probably not putting that on LinkedIn, uh, right. because they probably just do this as a side hustle. They have another job that they're just trying to squeeze in a few hours here and there. Um, Correct. Between their other job. Yes, sir. Yeah, Correct. so that is going to be a challenge, but there might be um, kind of Facebook groups or other LinkedIn groups for Uber drivers or rideshare drivers where they hang out. We'll check it out. We'll uh, check it out. So any advice for someone who's starting a brand new association of how to get those initial members? How do you get people kind of engaged with you at the very earliest stages? Well, we thought if we go to the big companies, that would be the way to do it because they have the people, but it hasn't worked that way. Not yet, but any yeah. anything in your 80 years of, of uh, life and the other associations you work with, like how do you get those initial members or how do you find those people? Well, we have constant contact. We have different types of email, but, you know, then you got to pay for that service. Uh, GoDaddy, the same thing. Uh, we have like 12,000 disabled veteran emails. We thought we'd start out with the veterans. And and what they're asking is uh, exorbitant just to send out emails. Yeah, I guess that's how you get them, one at a time, right? I mean, there's no easy way of getting them. No, no easy way to get them. So if unless some the company, unless the company said, well, here's the new program. We right. Have. If they endorse it and then offer it to their people, then that's kind of a shortcut. But otherwise, it's one at a time. One at a time. Yes, sir. So I appreciate it. if somebody wants to learn more, what's the best way to get a hold of you? Uh, on our website, labreferences.com uh, of they can email me at fell, F-E-L-3, at labreferences.com, or they can call me at 269-719-8797. Well, Felton, I mean, you're fighting the good fight. Best of luck, and thank you so much for sharing your story today. I appreciate you, sir. Thanks, Lee. All right, this is Lee Cantor. We'll see you all next time on Association Leadership Radio. Thank you. Bye-bye. 